Hello and welcome to Ahead of the Curve. I am Jonathan Gellner, and thank you so much for being here. Before getting too heavy into what we are doing this year, I think it only helps to reflect upon what we did last year so that we can set a baseline and we can easily look at some of the improvements that we are making. So today, we're going to talk about adjustments we are making as a program from this past season to this season. Here is Article 2. Last year was my first year back at Union after a two-year stint in Frisco, Texas. I also coached football last fall, and so trying to juggle not knowing the players and getting to baseball so late led to a less-than-ideal situation to start the season. In my first article, I talked about knowing the players' why before anything else, not having or making the time and getting to know what each player did well and what they wanted to work on led to the generalization of a lot of drill work. When we generalize anything, we will have some that get a lot better, some that get slightly better, and several that don't get any better. It's obvious that we want to avoid this at all cost if we are focusing on each player's individual development. Our offseason last year and this year consisted of one hour per day until December 1st. That includes everything with a ball, strength and conditioning not included. So we were able to practice as long as we wanted from December to May, and when I got to baseball in the second week of November, I felt like I was way behind, and we only had a short time, 30 minutes a day, every other day, for hitting with around 40 players. So what did we do? We have a beautiful indoor with six cages and a full turf infield, and we also have an old indoor, which includes three full-size cages. We share both with softball, and so every other day we would be in one or the other. So this was my plan. I wanted to try and get a feel of how each player moved and set up front toss constraints, PVC pipe swing design work, and movement prep, along with an exit velo station with overload and underload bats. There was a lot to be said about creativity and its role in player development, but last year was very choppy and didn't allow for deliberate practice and flow. Progression also relies on knowing each person's optimal challenge point rather than assuming equal learning across the board. There were many times that this player would be having to rethink a movement pattern, good, and the next training session we would try something completely different, not good. The drill work itself wasn't necessarily the problem. The problem was my time constraint, having them every other day, and progressing too fast. We do want to create new activities that players aren't used to doing, and by challenging the brain and making it a variable environment, we better prepare the player for in-game situations and will help the player create new solutions to the infinite amount of problems that they will face. But I also believe that we have to find the right routine to prime the player's swing into mastering the skill that we are trying to teach. This is, in effect, the block versus random debate. And in the teaching world, we call this differentiation. I do think there is validity to blocked when introducing a new skill and refining an existing one. In skill acquisition, we want to keep the brain engaged, and learning a new movement or drill does that. With each player, there will be a varying degree of engagement, and that is when having a coach feel for each player's engagement is critical. When our brain gets bored, it goes into autopilot, and that is when we need to tweak something. It can be as simple as putting attention to something external or changing the implement, or we can make it a game or competition. This is a skill that's hard to master, but it's one that we need to keep in mind when we're planning our practices. The more engaged our players are, the better. We also tried to incorporate a lot of technology. We got a flight scope in January, and we got blast bat sensors in February. Trying to learn how to use all of this efficiently during the season is definitely not recommended. We also tried to track all overload, underload, and regular exit velocities. When dealing with tech, there will be times that it won't work and do not make the mistake of taking more than a few minutes to fix it. I made this mistake a few times last year and the last thing I want to do is take time away from my players. If it doesn't work, move on, help the kids get better, 
Then after practice, solve the problem and find solutions for the next time. So what went well? The players did have an increase in overall understanding of what better patterns look like, and were not afraid to experiment. We also built an increased level of trust, and we had an increase in average exit velocity program-wide, which was 8.4 miles an hour. So what specifically am I changing? Simplifying. Da Vinci says that simplicity is the ultimate form of sophistication. And for me, I would rather be really good at a few things that matter than marginally better, or worse in some cases, at a lot of things. Let me be clear when I say that we will still take time to be creative and try new things, but there has to be a balance in skill acquisition between creativity, what fires when learning a new skill, and routine, what helps hone in and fill that skill to get it right. So here are some things we're simplifying. We are what we repeatedly do. Aristotle. Small changes added up over time lead to long-term successes. This is well documented in Darren Hardy's The Compound Effect and in James Clear's Atomic Habits. We will be using the first two months to establish the why while building routines based on our meetings. We're also going to start the year with some general drills and then the closer we get to the season, meet with each player to establish a routine and movement prep based on what fits their athletic and swing profile. We will also go over last season's data, which includes stats, flight scope in-game data, practice data, which includes blast and exit velo. But we will also be discussing their swing and approach and how that played a part and how last season went for them. Early on, a large emphasis for our players will be setup, forward move to balance, and a better hand path, bat path for swing design. We will also be taking baseline bat speed and exit velo tests to see how they compared for the last time that we saw them in June. Last year, I was trying to figure out what every blast metric was, how it works, and why they were important. And this season, I will narrow the focus on a few things, find each player's limiting factor, and work on that specifically. We will also be tracking bat speed and attack angle, but depending on the player, we may also use time to contact or on-plane percentage. After getting certified with OnBaseU this summer, we will be screening each of our players. This not only helped me hone in on some body swing connection issues, but we will also use it to individualize our warm-up and movement prep before we train. For those not certified, last year we generally hit T-spine and hip mobility, which was fine, but I don't necessarily like generality, but most of our players could use one form of these or another. As I stated earlier, we do have a flight scope, and using that as a way to track exit velo trends over time, with the most important, to me, being average exit velo from live or a machine. Not only does this provide accountability to swing at hittable pitches, decision making, but it also shows how frequently you can find barrels, barrel accuracy. If you don't have something similar, we can track regular exit velo with a radar and iPad with Google Docs or on a printed out sheet with pre-written names. You may need it, trust me. We will also be focusing on bat speed development. Bat speed is something that can be developed. We use Axe trainers last year, but we're also making a few that are a little lighter, say 15% within regular bat weight. Pennies and tape is a well-documented way to do this for cheap. We will also be using more medicine balls for warm-up. I'll go more into this in the near future. From there, we will progress to our EDDs, or everyday drills. Everyday drills include progressions from movement prep to med ball to tee to front toss and machine work. With only having 30 to 40 minutes every other day, a large part of what we will be doing will be learning and refining swing patterns. The closer we get to the season, the more this will be catered to each individual hitter, but also more of a focus on decision training and competition. And finally, one of my favorite things to do is have a daily game or competition. No matter the age, baseball players are all the same. We love to compete. This can seem like a daunting task, but coming up with daily competitions should be a must in any learning environment.
I may do a future post on what competitions we are doing, and I'm definitely going to do one over how competitions can make training stick. These are just a few of the adjustments we are making. The plan is to do a few posts on each of these to help outline the time we have and some included specific drills. Here's your homework for the week. What are you changing from last year to this year? And what's your favorite challenge or competition that you do in practice? I'd love to hear about it. Thanks for joining us.